Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When an angelic young woman meets a hellish end. She was thrown away like a piece of garbage. Residents of Broward County are more than rattled. I was still in shock. Could I be next? Investigators leave no shell unturned as they try to track down a vicious killer. In our suspicious homicide minds, everybody's a suspect. Even the most unlikely of men. He was a church-going man who was very eloquent and well-spoken. And when divine intervention strikes... We knew then that we had our killer. How well do you know your neighbors? What lies behind the white picket fences? Nestled between the Everglades and the Florida coast, Broward County is home to some of the best beaches in the world. Tourists come down for the surf and the sand, but locals value something much more important. Family. It's a feeling you'll find in just about every neighborhood here. People look out for their neighbors and they are definitely concerned and care about what's going on. A lot of the families have lived there for many, many years. Broward's just the kind of family-oriented place that makes 21-year-old Donya DaCosta feel right at home. Eight years ago, she moved here from Jamaica with her four siblings and her mom, Daphne Bow. She was about 12 or 13 years old when she came here. She loved it. Even as a little girl, Donya had big dreams. And her mother, Daphne, couldn't wait to see them play out. She wanted to get married, to have children. 
to help the community and to work in a pediatric hospital. Danya's future is bright, and she's studying hard to earn a nursing degree. But in her free moments, she always makes time for prayer. She's a regular at Faith Tabernacle Church, a few towns over. It's Donia's home away from home, right in the middle pew, always next to her big sister, Rochelle. Donia and I, we were very close. We were almost inseparable. If you see one without the other, someone would always ask, where's your sister? For Donia, church is her sanctuary. That was also her social life. You just go, you sing, you pray. So the church was very important in her life. But no amount of prayer can protect Donya from the evil she is about to encounter. Friday, December 4th, 1998, is a typical balmy South Florida night. Donya and her sister are looking forward to the church's Friday night service, a prayer vigil that sometimes lasts until the wee hours of the morning. And Donya is often the last one to leave. Sometimes I say, it is just too late. Do you have to stay until the service is over? And she said, Mom, it's Friday night service. We have all night. But I was kind of worried. And tonight, Mom has more reason to worry. Rochelle can't make the vigil, so Donya's going solo. My mom had more concern than I did. Even though she went by herself, I thought if it's late, she would stop at her friend's house. Donya's a reliable girl. So when she's not home by one in the morning, her mother can't shake the feeling that something is not quite right. You know, as a mother, you sleep, you wake, you listen. And you know, if they are home, you hear the car driving in, then you're happy. But by sunrise, there's still no sign of Donya. I just told everybody, Donya's gone. What do you mean Donya's gone? Something happened to Donya. Church members confirm that Donia was at last night's vigil, but no one has seen her since, including her boss at a credit card company not far from the church. She's a no-show at her Saturday morning shift. I started becoming, you know, fearful. I started thinking, I wonder if her car broke down. I wonder if she got in an accident, if she's in the hospital. Fearing the worst, Donia's mother hits the road in search of her daughter retracing Donya's 20-mile route from the church to their home. I jumped in the car, looking on each side street for Donya to see if she broke down, she might have pulled off. When Donya's mother gets off at their exit ramp, just a half mile from the house, she sees something that makes her heart pound. I saw a blinking light. I say, oh my God, there she is. It's Donya's car. But her daughter isn't there. Where is Donia? She's less than 10 minutes walk from home. Where could she be? I knew something was wrong. But what? 
how could a nice church-going girl simply vanish into thin air? It's a mystery that leaves even Broward County police baffled. We don't get phone calls for missing persons unless it's something suspicious. And this case has trouble written all over it. We thought the worst, that somebody followed her from the church and abducted her. In a place like Broward County, locals usually don't worry about much, except the scorching South Florida sun. But when word begins to spread that a young woman named Donya DaCosta has been missing for 24 hours, the weather is the last thing on anybody's mind. And her sister Rochelle is gripped with fear. I was thinking, could something actually be wrong with her? Did somebody do something to her? During his 13 years with the Broward County Sheriff's Office, Sergeant Glenn Bucata has spent more than a few years working the homicide beat. And in crime-ridden South Florida, he's used to chasing down bad guys. I was pretty busy working two or three at a time. We were getting a homicide every week. And sure enough, on Sunday, December 6th, the department's go-to guy gets another assignment dropped in his lap. But this one is different. My immediate thoughts at the time were kind of curious because normally for a homicide detective, we don't investigate missing persons. But this doesn't look like a typical missing persons case, like a problem runaway. Donya is not the kind of girl with a reason to disappear. She was responsible. She was always on time. So finding her vehicle abandoned alongside the road and her failure to call her mother was highly suspicious. Chances are, Donya ran into some kind of trouble that night. It could have been a kidnapping. Could have been that she walked along a road and was hit. Finding Donya is going to be like finding a diamond in the sand. She could be just about anywhere. Good thing Bukata's reliable partner is on hand. Sergeant Ken Kaminsky is always ready to take on a challenge. But this case also has him stumped. It's very troubling when all of a sudden, one day, this person vanishes as if it appears to be in thin air, and you wonder what happened. A search of Donia's car reveals no sign of foul play. But it does reveal one critical clue. Her car is out of gas. According to Donia's mother, her daughter always carried a spare gas container in her trunk that wasn't there. There's a gas station less than a mile away from where her vehicle is. And we suspect that she took that gas can and walked to that gas station. Sure enough, detectives learn that there's a hit on her credit card. A receipt with Donya's signature for a gas purchase at the very same station at two in the morning, just an hour and a half after Donya was last seen at the church vigil. We knew now that she was there and she did obtain gas. And we knew that she wanted to get back to her car and put gas in her car so she can go home. 
but detectives don't know why she never made it back. The gas station attendant doesn't remember waiting on anyone who looked like Donya da Costa. Here her vehicle's abandoned. She's not at a gas station. She hasn't reached out to her family to tell them that she's okay. As time went on, it became more and more suspicious. The mystery deepens. This case is throwing the crime-fighting duo for a loop. We turned every rock over and looked at everything that we could. It was very uh, confusing as to what happened to her that evening. And Donya's church community is also confused. No one's seen Donya since she left church on Friday night. And her pastor, Oliver Barnes, is devastated to hear the news. I was very, very alarmed. I was very, very shook up about the whole matter. The members of the church, they were very, very downhearted, very downtrodden. But the pastor's faith is strong. He hopes good will triumph over evil. And police hope that missing person flyers will lead them to Donya. We're asking the community for help. If anybody saw anything, to come forward. Let us know what they know. Surely somebody saw a young woman carrying a bright red gas can two nights ago. Lucky for detectives, almost 48 hours after Donya's disappearance, they get the break they've been hoping for. Two witnesses come forward after seeing Donya's picture on a flyer. Both women are convinced they saw her at the gas station around 2 a.m., the very night she went missing. They said that she, in fact, came to the gas station on foot, dressed in a floral dress, holding a one-gallon red gas can. It's rare in an investigation that somebody can come along and tell you, hey, we saw that person that night at the gas station. And that's not all the two women saw that night. While they were waiting to pay, they'd noticed that a church van pulled up behind Donya da Costa. Both witnesses agreed that it was operated by a black male with a mustache, he was clean cut, and he was well-spoken. He asked the victim that evening, how far did she have to go? A well-spoken man of God who offered Donya a ride to wherever she needed to go. When people are missing under suspicious circumstances, it's rare that we would have a witness that actually saw what happened. Both women insist that's how it all played out, but they don't agree on all the details. The vanish, the first witness described, had the word hope written on the side. The second witness saw some kind of a church logo too, except she's not convinced she saw the word hope. She disagreed wholeheartedly and said it wasn't there, it wasn't there, it couldn't be. Although detectives have no idea how they're going to find this guy, they're one step closer. This added fuel to the investigation. Now we actually have witnesses telling us there's a church-style van involved in this, and it's a lot more than we had before. Detectives need to find this mystery man, and fast.
I thought maybe that this could have been a good Samaritan that picked her up, took her to some place, and maybe she was still alive. But another part of me is saying that this may be the individual that led to her demise. Finding the driver isn't going to be easy. Luckily, the first witness got such a good look at him, she's able to work with a police artist to produce a composite sketch. We put it out to everyone that we can get our hands on. We believe that this was the person that was responsible for her disappearance. Now that detectives have a good idea of what their prime suspect looks like, they're determined to track him down once and for all. The way to find a driver of the van was to find the van itself. Where is that van and at what church is that van located? Detectives know right off the bat the van doesn't belong to Donya's church, so they widen their search in Broward County. It's almost looking for like a needle in a haystack. Where is that van? It's going to take countless man hours to investigate them all. To go from place to place to place, one after another, is time consuming, but we weren't gonna stop. We were determined to find out who was operating that van at night, who gave Danya that ride. And the clock is ticking. Two days is a long time for a young woman to be missing. My hope for her being alive was starting to dwindle by the hour. I strongly felt that we were going to find Donya, but not alive. And the detective's instincts may be right on the money. It looks like things are about to take a turn for the worse. I received a phone call about the body of a young black female lying next to a dumpster. I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, it's her. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great 
great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Just about everywhere you look in Broward County, there are reminders of Doña da Costa. On every other block, missing persons flyers hang next to the sketch of her possible abductor. And this disappearance is headline news. Veteran reporter Paula McMahon at the Sun Sentinel newspaper has been working the story since it broke two days ago. The mood in the town was one of real fear and concern. From the get-go, McMahon doesn't think the Donya case will have a happy ending. So on Monday, December 7th, when a warehouse worker makes a grisly discovery in a nearby town, it doesn't take long for everyone to make a connection. As soon as we started to hear the information that it was a female body, everybody's mind went to Donya. It just seemed like it was not a coincidence and that it was going to be her. Detectives don't think it's a coincidence either. Even though the crime scene is in Oakland Park, some 20 miles away from where her car was abandoned, they have a sinking feeling. It's Donya. When I got there that morning and we discovered that it was a black female, in my heart, I believed it was our victim that was missing for three days. Donya, lying there. The body is wrapped from head to toe in numerous sheets and garbage bags, with a purple laundry bag tied over her head. It's a horrific sight, but it's the location that really gets to Sergeant Bukata. It's clearly not where the victim was killed, just a site used as a dumping ground. There's other places that she could have been dumped or disposed of. But whoever did this felt that she was nothing more than a piece of garbage. And whoever dumped the body wasn't exactly careful. They left a telltale clue behind. A tire treadmark right on one of the sheets wrapped around the body. 
and it appeared that the vehicle drove over her legs in an effort to get out of the area. Determined not to destroy any evidence, the victim is transported to the coroner's office the way she was found, sheets and all. When the medical examiner peels back the sheets, he can clearly see she was raped. She was completely nude, and she had evidence of semen and also um, fluid within the area of her thighs. Evidence that could lead police to the woman's killer. Because once we have that DNA, all we need now is the person. And we could take those two and link them together, and we'll know who the killer is. And her attacker didn't stop at rape. He inflicted 36 superficial stab wounds in all before going in for the kill. The cause of death? A staggering blow to the head that left a small star-shaped opening on the top of her skull. This is a killer who's non-caring, who's, who's evil, and that would stop at nothing to do what he wants. Clearly, the victim was tortured, a telltale sign of a personal attack. Usually, if it's a stranger murder, it's done quickly. For instance, a gunshot or a stab wound or two. This told me that whoever killed her had something personal with her, even to the point of just her being a woman. For Bukata, it's a hard pill to swallow. It bothers me that someone made this girl suffer and know in her heart of hearts that she's gonna die. The coroner believes the victim died at least 36 hours earlier, about the same time Donya disappeared. Could this be Donya? The only way to know for sure is through dental records. It was our worst fear. Once those records were compared, we knew then that it was Donya. We're not looking for Donya anymore. We know where she is. Unfortunately, she's deceased. For Donya's family, their American dream is now a nightmare. It just screamed my heart out. I just could not believe it. Why? Who could have done it to my daughter? What animal? Finding Donya's killer is going to be like trying to find Waldo. He may well be hiding in plain sight. But detectives doubt anyone at her church is involved in her murder, leaving them to wonder if there was someone in her life no one knew about. Is it possible that she does have a boyfriend and she just kept it from the family? Good question. Detectives don't know what to make of Donya's love life. According to family and friends, she didn't date. But when detectives do a follow-up search of Donya's car, they find something suspicious in the front seat that they initially overlooked. Even though I was told that she didn't have a boyfriend by the closest people in her life, I found it strange that she had an advertisement for an engagement ring. 
perhaps Donya was in a relationship after all. I didn't close that door as to a boyfriend. Unfortunately, this road leads nowhere. We were never able to locate a boyfriend that Donya would have had. With one lead down, investigators are back to square one. If it takes me a week, a month, or a year, I'm going to do everything possible to get this killer. And Bukata is just the man for the hunt. I take off about two or three days, go in the woods with a couple of guys I work with. Most of the time, we hunt during early morning hours for wild boar, turkey, or even duck. As an expert tracker, he's used to sniffing out elusive prey. The way I approach my hobbies is the same way I approach my work with my cases. I don't stop until it's done. And Bukata's not about to give up on the Donya da Costa case. Fortunately for detectives, as news of the homicide spreads, tips start pouring into the Broward County Sheriff's Office. And one of the most promising leads comes from one of their very own, a police officer's girlfriend. Who told me that she just happened to be at the gas station where Donia was last seen. She overheard two other people talking about their suspicions concerning an individual. Someone who may have offered Donya a ride that fateful night. She heard that this person drives a church van and that he may be responsible for the murder of Donya. Is this just a rumor or a lucky break that puts a face to the killer? For more Nightmare Next Door, go to www.investigationdiscovery.com. The brutal murder of Donya da Costa shakes Broward County to the core. And one week later, residents are still reeling from the news. They can't help but wonder who would kill a proper church-going girl. And Donya's pastor, is hell-bent on justice. It was not an easy thing for us to uh, cope with. Make you feel like you, you want to play the game of Moses, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Broward County detectives won't rest until Donya's killer is behind bars. And they're hot on the trail of a new lead from a deputy's girlfriend. She heard there was a rumor on the street going around that a person who lived in the neighborhood where Danya lives may be the person responsible for the murder. The name on everyone's lips? Walter McKenzie. Danya's neighbor, just two blocks down. That in itself led me to believe that the named individual might have a role in her disappearance. And that's not all. Word has it, he drives a church van. Now, that was very, very suspicious and something that I jumped on immediately. It doesn't take long for police to find out that Mackenzie and his father work at a nearby church in Pompano Beach. And it turns out each has round-the-clock access to the church's van. Father and son. So which one am I looking at? Am I looking at one or both? It's certainly possible one of them fueled up at the gas station where Donya was last seen. It's very feasible that Donya 
got into the van if she knew them. Right now, it's a good bet Junior was behind the wheel that fateful night. We didn't know if the father or the son was the primary operator of this van. But detectives are eager to find out. For several days, they stake out the church, hoping to get a glimpse of either man in the driver's seat. Detectives want to know if either suspect heads to Oakland Park. Did they take us to the location where her body was recovered? Is it likely that these people know the area at Oakland Park? Unfortunately, detectives can't connect the van to the dumping ground. They went from their house to the church and back. They didn't venture out to Oakland Park, which was further south. But they do get a glimpse of the driver. Sure enough, one evening, a man who fits Junior's description gets in the van with two other men. We continued to follow them throughout the neighborhoods. And at some point, we finally just said, let's pull them over. Let's talk to them. Let's see what they got to tell us. When detectives catch up to the van, they're taken aback when they peek inside. Neither one of the occupants inside that van drew any resemblance to the composite sketch. It wasn't even close. Junior doesn't, and neither do his passengers, Barney Leo and Raymond Hardaway. Not only that, Junior is as cooperative as can be, and so are his two buddies. Each swears they had nothing to do with Donya's murder. All the individuals inside the van say that they did not know Donya. The only thing they knew about was that she was missing and found murdered uh, because they saw it on the news. They all claim to have alibis for the night in question, and all three seem genuine. But detectives take everything they say with a grain of salt. They appear to be truthful. They didn't appear to be hiding any information. They're more than willing to have their van examined forensically for any evidence. Big mistake. When detectives search the van, they make a startling discovery. Right there in the back seat of the vehicle is a duffel bag. Inside, a flower print dress. When we looked at this dress, we were wondering, is this the dress that she was wearing? Looks like Junior has some explaining to do. When pressed for an answer, he claims the bag was left by someone else. But detectives aren't so sure. I really felt that I was on the right track and that the guys were probably going to be our suspects. Detectives play it safe and request DNA samples from all the passengers. As well as Junior's dad, he too has access to the van. Proof is in the pudding. And when it comes down to uh, these guys, whether or not being responsible, does the DNA match or does it not match? It's going to be a while before detectives find out if they've nabbed the killer. The DaCosta homicide is turning into one of the most frustrating they've ever tackled. Lucky for Kaminsky, he's got an outlet for the stress. He takes to the lake. One of the things I like to do on my off-duty time to relieve stress is go out fishing. Just the breather Kaminsky needs. But even out here in the Florida sun, work is never far from his mind. There are similarities between fishing and my work. 
I need to bring in that big fish no matter what we need to do to accomplish the investigation and bring justice to a family. And in a case like this, it's going to take everything he has to reel in the killer. Sure enough, just when the investigation begins to show promise, it hits a snag. Looks like the dress confiscated from Mackenzie Jr.'s van isn't the big clue they were hoping for. Donia's mother told me promptly that the dress I had wasn't her daughter's dress at all. It wasn't the same size, it wasn't the same color. She said she would never wear something like that. Maybe Junior didn't have anything to do with Donia's death after all. As expected, when the DNA results on the suspects come back, there's not one match. Walter McKenzie Jr., his two friends, and his dad are officially ruled out. This strong lead that we thought we had evaporated like a, a cup of water in the Florida hot sun. When Donya's family hears the news, they're relieved. I was happy that the people across the street had nothing to do with it. They didn't seem evil to me. I figured it had to be somebody else. But for detectives, it's disappointing to say the least. Sometimes you hit those dead ends and you have to turn around and come back and start over again to find another road. And that's what we did in this case. And sometimes, detectives just luck out. On Saturday, January 30th, 1999, a month after Donya's body was found, detectives Bukata and Kaminsky are out working another homicide case along with Donya's, when something catches their eye. They can't help but notice a vehicle sitting just a few feet away in a daycare parking lot. We just happened to glance over to our right and we saw a church van with the word hope written on the side. Could this be the van that was spotted at the gas station the night Donya disappeared? The daycare center didn't have the word hope in it at all, but this van fit somewhat to a T. Detectives are convinced it's a case of divine intervention. It was an amazing feeling to know that, hey, this could be the big break that we were looking for. It just so happens the van belongs to the owner of the daycare center, Reverend Winston Garfield, who's also associated with a church of the same name. And it made us wonder, was this the person who was operating the van the night Danya was murdered? It looks like the good reverend might be their man. But things are about to get even stranger. Three months after the murder, Broward County detectives are determined to get to the bottom of the Donya DaCosta case once and for all. And they're convinced that Reverend Winston Garfield has all the answers. When we met with the Reverend, in the back of our minds, we were thinking, could he be the person responsible? It turns out, the Reverend doesn't bear a resemblance to the suspect sketch. But detectives just can't overlook the van sitting in the daycare parking lot. Within minutes of meeting him, they doubt this man of faith had anything to do with the gruesome murder. 
He never was hesitant or reluctant to help us in any way. He knew that this was an important case. Plus, he has an airtight alibi. He produced uh, hotel receipts, he produced car rental receipts, all indicating that he was out of town. So if it wasn't the Reverend behind the wheel that awful night, who was? Good thing the Reverend is a stickler for details. He keeps an accurate log of anyone who slips into the driver's seat. The Reverend told me that his maintenance man had borrowed his van on the weekend of December 4th. It turns out the maintenance man checked the van out on Friday and didn't return it until Monday, the day Donya's body was found. I had some very, very strong feelings that this had to be, had to be the guy, had to be. His name, Lucius Boyd, a man detectives are all too familiar with. When I heard that name, I really had the hair in the back of my neck stand up. Lucius, the son of a prominent business owner, is a bad seed, constantly in trouble with the law. Lucius had several nicknames. Some people from the street liked to call him Lucifer because they felt that he was a very evil man. Lucius Boy was taken to trial on at least three to four separate occasions, ranging from rape to murder, and was acquitted each and every time. A record that earned him a nickname every cop knows. I call Lucius Boyd a Teflon Don. Doesn't matter how much evidence you had against Lucius Boyd, how many witnesses you had against Lucius Boyd, somehow, some way, the man would talk himself out of a hole. But this time, detectives are determined to corner him in the rabbit hole. And sure enough, when detectives learn what's missing from the Reverend's van, they're convinced Boyd's the one. When I heard that the Reverend was missing a laundry bag, it just set off alarms in my head. Donya DaCosta had a purple laundry bag that had been pulled over her head and tied at the base of her neck by the killer. And that's not the only thing the Reverend claims Boyd swiped from the van. He told us that when the van was returned to him, it was missing certain tools, including a screwdriver. A very unique screwdriver called a Torx, a tool with a star-shaped tip. Once we heard this information, we were ecstatic. We knew the tool was used to kill Danya. The same device used to stab her in a chest was plunged into her skull. And when detectives compare tire treads from the Reverend's van with the ones found on the sheets around the body, they line up perfectly. They know it's the van. It looks like Boyd is going to have a tough time talking himself out of this one. I knew I had my man. I knew everything was just matching up perfectly. It wasn't coincidence. Me? I was 100% positive that this was the man that committed the rape and that committed the murder. And the crime lab confirms detectives' suspicions. It turns out they still have Boyd's DNA profile in storage from a previous rape charge. And he's a match. We were thrilled. We knew then that we had our killer. We were going to put him in jail. The very next day, on Friday, March 26, 1999, Boyd is arrested without incident at his family's business. When detectives show him a picture of Donya, he at first denies having ever seen her. Lucius Boyd looked at the picture again, 
and then told me, well, maybe I did see her when I passed through a gas station, but I don't know who she is, and I have no idea what you're talking about. I was never with her. But when detectives confront him with the DNA results, he changes his tune. He had no explanation as to why his DNA was on her. I told him, just do the right thing and admit it. When he became agitated with the confrontation, he said, well, if you had that much evidence and you have my DNA, what took you so long to catch me? Boyd never confessed to the murder of Donya DaCosta. But detectives believe they can piece together what happened that night in December 1998. After a fight with his girlfriend, detectives believe Boyd is hell-bent on revenge. When he spots Donya with her bright red gas can, he makes his move. He probably eloquently says, let me help you, my sister. But Lucius Boyd has no intention of taking Donya home. He heads straight to his apartment, just a few blocks away. He knocks Donya unconscious. She was at ease, and she didn't see it coming. When Donya comes to, she's no match for Boyd. It's the beginning of the end. He obtains control by torturing her, by stabbing her in the chest 36 times. When he's finished with her, he has a coup de grace blow to the head, which actually renders her dead. Boyd covers the body in anything he can find, then dumps Donya next to the dumpster. Unfortunately, she was at the wrong place at the wrong time, and it's, it's almost in a sense of having an angel crossing paths with a demon in the gas station that night. In January 2002, Boyd is found guilty and sentenced to death for the kidnapping, rape, and murder of Donya DaCosta. We were... Uh, thrilled. This case has been a long journey, and to be able to get a killer off the streets and to bring justice to the family was an important thing. But the victory is bittersweet. Detectives are convinced that Donya is not his only victim. Investigators have long suspected Boyd's a serial killer, but have yet to prove it. We know that Lucius Boyd was last seen with women who were never seen again. These girls are still listed as missing persons. Their bodies have never been found. But it's hard to convict a possible serial killer when you can't find the bodies, unlike Donia's case. Whatever little heartstring he might have had, I think he saw that she was a very good girl and very spiritual. And I think for that reason, he decided that he was gonna dump the body so she can get a funeral and a proper burial. For Donya's family, there's finally closure. But they still struggle with their loss. No human should destroy another person, let alone in that manner. Oh, God. I would wish this on my enemy. The streets of Broward County are just a little bit safer now and tourists still come down to ride the waves. But for detectives, it's a case they'll never forget. Tony DeCosta's case really 
impacted me, it infuriated me to know that someone took a good life from us. And for Donya's family, their angel on earth will never be forgotten. I believe, you know, Donya was sent to our life as a gift for a period of time. Anyone who was fortunate enough to meet her, life was changed in a very special way. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.